Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, and thanks for joining me today. This is Dr. Fred, and um, we're going to be talking a little bit about Davos and the World Economic Forum and their, I guess, desire to do what they call mastering the future. Well, unless you've been living in a cave or under a rock for the past few decades, you know that a few multi-billionaires in this world and their purchased minions, pharma, media, medical establishment, etc., are attempting a great reset throughout the world, like many of us would kind of build a puzzle on the kitchen table. The difference, of course, is that while elites think they have an accurate and foolproof plan of what the world will look like when they get done redesigning it, it's really seriously doubtful that it's going to resemble their pictured plan. Unlike a tabletop puzzle, there are way too many variables when attempting to completely redesign the entire globe. Now consider the level of hubris involved to undertake such a feat. I mean, it's reminiscent of Satan's, I will be like the most high, Isaiah 14, 14, though a created being like the rest of us. I mean, these globalists are exactly like that. They're doing exactly what their master, Satan, has done, and they're deceived into it. They're fully deceived. In fact, the elite are so deluded that over the years, it seems they could not only help but foretell what they've envisioned the future to look like. This comes from their own arrogance. Most science fiction movies produced often show some type of dystopian future where humanity is in trouble from powerful forces, you know, like The Terminator and so many other movies like that. When all seems absolutely hopeless, a human or sometimes mechanized savior rises to save things, to set things right. Of course, those are only movies. In real life, there is no human being who is going to step up to save the world from the growing tyranny and fascism that we're now experiencing. And instead, the world will fully embrace both of those things, tyranny and fascism, when some now unknown guy rises to the top of the pile and rules the world during its final seven years of human-led history. He really gets going at the midway point for the last three and a half years, according to the Bible. So this coming Antichrist, empowered by Satan and his final one-world government, is why the world is moving toward full-on globalism, a.k.a. the Great Reset. Now, Satan's goal since the fall of humanity has been to keep what he stole— from Adam and Eve, working through the Antichrist will be Satan's greatest and final attempt to keep it all and subjugate the world as supreme ruler, to literally become God over this world. Now imagine this in movie form. But Satan knows that he cannot go against God by himself. That's not working. So he has to secure the loyalty and following of as many human beings as possible in this world. So these, along with Satan's own fallen angels, will do their best, get this, to actually resist the physical return of Jesus. Such pomposity will be met with instant justice from Jesus upon his physical return. Now, when you look at everything that's happening in the world and you distill it down to its most plain and clear point, it's seen for what it is, 
a paltry attempt to overthrow the God and creator of this universe. The thoroughly deceived elite operate under the idea that it is possible. This is why elite multi-billionaires are attempting to overtake and remake the world in order to make life extremely wonderful for themselves, while the rest of us will barely subsist, if they have their wishes, anyway, of those who survive. Yet I find it fascinating that extremely wealthy and powerful people are not simply content with their current level of power and wealth. You ever notice that? Like drug addicts, they seem to always be looking for their next fix, forever driven to follow their lust, increasing lust, for the most power they can amass. But what is power, though, unless it can be wielded against those who are not as powerful? It's as though they need to remind themselves constantly that uh, they are powerful people. And if they don't exercise that power regularly, well, they're just ordinary, albeit extremely wealthy people. Oh, that's so boring for them. Let me list just a few things that show us how and for how long these elite billionaires have been working to destroy our way of life so that we will be forced to enter their planned dystopian future. Dystopian for us, perfect for them, they think. And, you know, you can add these things to the things I've already listed in previous audios, previous articles and blog writings. The best way I can explain the coming world envisioned by the elite is to point to the movie Alita Battle Angel. And now in that movie, an extremely opulent, wealthy city of elites, the city was called Zalem, floats above the planet upon which poor Average people live in their city and area below, known as Iron City. Everything that is considered garbage by the elite gets tossed from Zalem and lands down on Iron City below. Because, you know, the elite, they can't be bothered with things they no longer need, and they don't want to ruin their paradise. So they'll ruin, you know, Iron City's paradise or whatever it is. The goal of the people living in Iron City, though, is to somehow manage to be granted admission to higher social echelon of Zalem, something that actually can't happen in our world. So here are two additional things that I'm going to point out that the elite have been trying to put into place to ensure their supremacy and control. Their arrogance compels them, and they remain blind to any real pitfalls ahead. They believe their computerized or AI tabletop exercises have covered all the bases, though programmed by imperfect, infallible people. So we'll see what happens. But it's really not that easy, honestly. In fact, an article posted on Zero Hedge a few days ago, author Robert Blumen, and thanks to the reader who sent the link, noted what appears to be more like the actual reality that will occur, in spite of what the elite think or want to happen. Now, if true, it seems these poor elite multi-billionaires will fall seriously short. Blumen makes some excellent points in his article. It's a little bit wordy, but it's still excellent. There's a link in the transcript about how things may end up due to the negligent audacity of mental midgets with tons of money. For instance, Gates is going to, quote, dust the sun, etc. And it's really worth a read. So the first thing is the Gorgon Stare. Gorgon Stare is literally the eyes in the sky that author 
Arthur Holland Mitchell writes about. This is where drones using wide-angle motion imagery, or whammy, allowing for greater collection of highly detailed information, are used high above the earth to see what's happening in cities and other areas far below. Drones with whammy become super surveillance operations 25,000 feet above the earth and are capable of zooming in on one particular person if they choose to watch their movements and even determine their identity, all from 25,000 feet. Now, Mitchell got the idea for his book from the movie Enemy of the State, where an imagined satellite technology existed that was capable of watching people on the earth across large areas. Isn't it funny how often futuristic movies seem to portend that, uh, you know, something is coming their way, some higher technology, and uh, ultimately it was created. Maybe it's just all a coincidence, though. Um, but that technology did come into existence and is being used now. However, most people in life are completely unaware of it. They just aren't aware of it. They don't know it's there. And you know what? The reality is, I mean, even though I only learned of this a few days ago, many folks, though, would not care because they would say, oh, I've got nothing to hide which really has nothing to do with anything. If people are being illegally surveilled under the guise of trying to catch terrorists, that's why this technology was first introduced, kind of like the Patriot Act, we truly have lost our freedom to move about the country freely and anonymously. In other words, we are being digitally imprisoned. Do you see how the elite billionaires might crave this type of technology as their meaty fingers sweat with delight? It would play right into their money-laundered hands and further tighten that noose, so to speak, around the populace so that any time anyone could be located and their comings and goings known and recorded. This is part of how globalists are creating that new world order by circumventing national sovereignty. If you can spy on anyone and everyone, you have gained control over them already. And without this type of massive surveillance, a one-world final government really couldn't exist. Well, and the second thing is ICD-10. Investigative journalist Leo Homan writes about this subject, again linked in the transcript. Most are aware that for decades, doctors and hospitals have used specific coding on their forms that they complete and submit to insurance companies for approval and payment of services. These are International Classification of Disease, ICD codes. Now, recently, a completely new set of codes has been created and implemented. The new code is code number Z28.310, and it has interesting uh, logistics to it because it specifically refers to a person's COVID vax status. So when you go to the doctor, they'll continue to ask you if you've had the jab. And in the future, depending on your state, where you live, your response could be forwarded to the insurance company. Why? Well, the insurance company wants to know and they're willing to pay a reward to the doctor's offices that provide what they call meaningful information. Now, when reading about this, it also struck me odd that I learned that when they take your blood pressure, pulse, and temperature before you see the doctor, well, that info goes to the insurance company and doctors reap additional payments for that. In essence, insurance companies have incentivized doctors and medical staff to gather meaningful, as they call it, information by asking patients probing questions. 
And this information, once provided to the insurance companies, can also go directly to the federal government through the Medicaid and Medicare systems. What that means is, here's a quote, that means they get financial payouts whenever the government decides there's a meaningful use for this data. Now, this system, here's another quote. This system appears to be the way the military industrial biomedical complex will identify and separate out those who have submitted to their digital identification system. That's what's being built right now, which starts with being up to date on your shots, endless shots. As the late Dr. Zeb Zelenko and others have said, these continuous boosters will become a, quote, gateway to transhumanism, unquote. It's happening. It's happening right now. There is still, in spite of the injuries, in spite of the uh, adverse reactions, serious ones, and in spite of the deaths, the vaxes are continued to be pushed. There's got to be a reason for that. Elite billionaires are, to put it bluntly, doing everything they can to build invisible prisons all around us, pushing us into smaller and smaller circles of movement. Because these things have been in the works for many decades, the possibility of stopping them is really extremely low, and I think we need to come to grips with that. The elites have amassed way too much power and wealth, allowing them to do whatever they want to buy off people or even get rid of them that they need to do their dirty work. That power and wealth obviously comes directly from Satan and the willingness of elites to sell their souls to him. But however, let's be clear Let's be very, very clear here. God allows it, and he does so for his purposes and ultimately for his glory. And we cannot ever, ever forget that. That's why it's in his word. He reveals to us what's going to take place. So trying to stop it is really stupid, and it actually works against God because God is going to be tremendously glorified through what is coming. But what about the application? What do we do? And, you know, sometimes I've been a little bit remiss in not, I guess, talking more about how all this applies to us directly. But I want to be sure to do that today and in future articles and in future audios. What does this mean for us and how do we respond to it? Well, we can look at this with abject fear and anger, or we can choose to understand and know that God is fully in control. Now, I believe events leading up to the coming tribulation, whenever it is stated to officially start, only God knows. I have no clue, and neither does anyone else. I think those events leading up to it will happen incrementally, just like a person building a puzzle. You you can't take a 400-piece puzzle and poof, throw it all together instantly. It takes time to build that. And that's what's going to lead up to the start of the tribulation. However, the actual start of the tribulation will be an event that catches the world's attention. That is the confirming of the covenant, which will already be in place at that point, Daniel 9.24. This appears to be God's plan, or at least his allowed plan. Piece by piece, things will be put into place that allow that allows elite billionaires and ultimately Satan to have an exercise near absolute, absolute control over society globally. Now, this is being made possible largely, get this, because of the internet, which in and of itself is not a bad thing, but can certainly be used for bad, just like fire, for cooking or destruction. 
Now, once the internet was created and released to the public, we began speeding toward the start of the tribulation. So if God is allowing all of this to happen, what should our response be? Looking at the Israelites in Egypt is, I think, a good place to start. That's Exodus chapter 7 through 14. Then Pharaoh of Egypt made life very difficult for the Hebrews. We're all familiar with that. He did so because he was afraid of the Hebrews since they outnumbered the Egyptians. Egypt needed the Hebrews to be their workforce, but when Pharaoh realized they were a large enough group of men, not even counting the women, remember he tried to kill all the young boys, uh, as soon as he realized they were big enough that they could join an outside force and fight against Egypt, well, he became very concerned. It's the old Game of Thrones things, you know? He was trying to protect his throne, his empire. And the growing mass of Hebrew men were a problem for him. So in today's situation, Elite billionaires are pushing the world toward their takeover. And, and get this, they referred to it first as the Great Reset. And now there's a need to what they call master the future. And it is clear that they want everything to be in place by 2027. It was originally 2030. Again, though, it is God who is in charge of that date, and he will or won't allow it based solely on his will in the matter. So 2027 could come and go. 2030 could come and go. It's all up to God's will in the matter. I believe Satan, though, protects these elite multi-billionaires as long as they continue service to him, which is why many of them live to be very old. It seems like they never get sick, they never have problems, and they don't die. Well, their day is coming, and if they don't repent before they die, they're going to be in for a world of hurt, an eternal world of hurt. So to think we can overcome them through voting through civil war, I think is really absurd. They've got the power. They've got all the, the people, the things they need on their side. So if God is in control, and he is, what do we do about it? What is our response? Well, several things. I want to be practical here. First, we practice trusting him above all things, even when we cannot see clearly, and even when we're fighting with ourselves to trust him and not give in to the fear. This may require work on our part, an effort to give up the things that weigh on us and trust him for his outcome. That's first. Second, we continue to live our lives. This is a huge proverbial smackdown to the handful of elite billionaires. By living our lives, we show them we're not afraid, nor will we be bullied, and we're trusting in a source, a power, God, greater than they are, greater than their master, Satan. Let them do whatever they think they can do to gain power over the world. It will be given to them for a very short time. We, however, will continue to celebrate the life God has given us, and we will do that by getting together with other Christians in fellowship, enjoying family time, taking trips for relaxation, and more. Third, we need to become a people of praise. If that's not you, and I admit sometimes that's not me, we need to work at it. There is no greater thing we can do than to praise God for his expected provision, wisdom, discernment, and strength. And often we might need to offer a sacrifice of praise, Hebrews 13, 15, when we don't necessarily feel like it. Now, sometimes this is all I can do, even though my heart isn't in it. Though my heart usually comes along when I persevere. 
The biggest upset to the elite is to live the way we lived before CV. What did we do then? We lived. We enjoyed doing the normal things in life, going to church, fellowshipping with other believers, praising and worshiping God corporately, and we should absolutely still do that. We should absolutely enjoy the fellowship, enjoy family gatherings, hiking and getting out in God's creation, etc. Unfortunately, I know too many people, and maybe you do as well, who remain in fear of CV and other diseases. They They refrain from being with groups. They wear masks and clean everything in their home constantly with alcohol, even if they live alone. They are generally afraid to go out because they'll be around germ-carrying people who might pass some illness to them. They fail to realize because they've been brainwashed that they are simply weakening their own immune systems by doing all those things. Now, the rest of us absolutely need to get back to daily living the way we enjoyed before, even though that will likely become more difficult in 2023 and beyond. We need to understand that the elite billionaires are not going to stop pushing, pulling, mandating, and building. That's on their agenda. However, there's a lot we can ignore. While we can't do anything about the eyes in the sky or the new ICD codes or even the the potential treaty that that the WHO may approve and then remove the sovereignty of all the nations and they'll become the power deciding on what we do during pandemics. We can't really do much about those things. We can live like those things don't exist. We can politely refuse to answer questions at the doctor's office about whether or not we've been vaxxed. We can shut off the fear surrounding CV by ignoring it and turning our attention to God. Now, I'm not saying that we should be stupid. If you know someone who is sick, keep your distance. If you're sick, stay home until you feel better. That's simply logical. In the meantime, we need to look less at the problems in this life and look more to the problem solver. God in Christ. While we should do what we can to prepare for things that we believe are coming, we can't plan for every possible eventuality. And most of us don't have the financial resources to do so, even if we knew what they were. So while it is good to know what's happening in life, allowing it to cripple you with fear is the very antithesis of what God wants for us and how he wants us to react to these situations. Read his word daily, memorize scripture, repeat it to yourself often, and finally praise him for all things that come your way. Only God, only God has mastered the future. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This is Dr. Fred. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 